Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, welcome into Nuggets Numbers. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Monday night as we are in between games against the same team. The Nuggets on Sunday night won 124-109, I believe the score was, against the Minnesota Timberwolves. They're going to play the Timberwolves again on Tuesday night, so probably the day that you listen to this podcast. So if you're looking for additional analysis of that game, uh, make sure to check out the Pickaxe podcast with Zach Mikosh, Gordon Gross. They did a good job of breaking down this past week what to look for going forward. Uh, I'm going to share in the first segment 10 quick notes that I have about Denver's win over Minnesota. Uh, Most of these are more numerically based. Uh, I had time to kind of dig into the, the analysis, dig into the numbers a little bit. I wanted to share this this game in this format. I think this is going to be it's going to be brief, but it's going to be interesting. I hope people pick up something from it. And then after the break, I'll talk about what to expect tonight, uh, Tuesday night from this team again. Uh, what the Pel- what the not the Pelicans, the Timberwolves are going to look like, and we'll talk about if the Nuggets are back to normal or not because I think that's that's the feeling that Nuggets fans kind of want heading into this week. Uh, after a one and four start, all Nuggets fans want is to go back to normal, where they were winning a bunch of games. They were a top three seed the past couple of years. It's a little bit, uh, a little bit weird, I think, for for Nuggets fans to feel like, oh man, we're not winning as many games as we think we we should. There's a little bit of both. There's a little bit of uh, the Nuggets haven't been as good. They've also gotten a little bit unlucky. I think that they're in line to bounce back. So. We will talk about that here real soon, but first, 10 quick notes about the Minnesota Timberwolves game on Sunday night. First note, Nikola Jokic got his fourth triple-double, 19-12-12. He would have had six in a row if not for two separate games where he had only nine rebounds only. Uh, What a slacker, right? Like, Jokic has really brought his A game this year. Uh, NBA Math had a tweet today that basically showed the landscape of the league, and it had Jokic at the top once again. Uh, he has started the year off incredibly well, engaged on both ends of the floor, understands how to manipulate the defense to just completely decimate the opposing team based off of their weaknesses, based off of what the Nuggets can attack consistently. He's been great. It hasn't always been with his own individual scoring, and in actuality, it's been mostly with everything else. He's been a great passer. He's been a great uh, rebounder. He's done a great job of just positioning himself, others around the floor, to put the most pressure possible on the defense. And I think that that has 
just really shown growth in his game to where it's not just that he's reacting to how the defense is going to react. He is dictating how they are going to react and setting himself up and other players up so that they can be successful every single time. He came back into the game against Minnesota, had been dealing with a little bit of foul trouble again, but he came back in at the end of the third quarter and start of the fourth quarter and just took over the game. He was unbelievable from the jump of of that quarter. Probably his most perfect stretch of basketball that we've seen in a while. He just dictated exactly what the defense had to do, uh, took a couple of contested jumpers, but knew that he had to make them and did. Uh, He manipulated things so that he could create open shots for people on the weak side, uh, pushed the pace a little bit, got people into foul trouble, and just like that, the game was over because of what Nikola Jokic did. Really impressive stuff from him all around. I've been very impressed with his start to the year. It really is an MVP caliber start. Facundo Campazzo, this is number two. Uh, Facundo Campazzo went minus 37 in his first four games with the Nuggets. And, and before Sunday night's game, he was at minus 37 in the plus minus category. That's really bad. Offset almost entirely by Sunday night. Uh, he had a plus 26 performance in the plus minus side of things and brought that minus 37 all the way up to minus 11 in just one game. Thanks to that performance where he was just incredible from from all angles, uh, I thought he did a really nice job of just fitting into what the team needed for him. And then as he grew more comfortable, he started dictating things himself. Uh, he did a good job of playing passing lanes on the defensive end. He was rotating well on the offensive end and made sure to space the floor properly. And when he had his opportunities, he made the shots. Sometimes it's just that easy. When, when you make shots, you are going to be successful in in the Nikola Jokic-Jamal Murray offense because they draw so much attention that Campazzo was left open on several occasions and he made the defense pay. Big jump from him. Uh, really important that he prove that he is capable at the NBA level. Now he has proven it. Now it's about sustaining it. Number three. This was Jamal Murray's eighth career game in the regular season with at least 35 points. He had 36 uh, on Sunday night with 13 of 20 from the field, 3 of 7 from 3. The way that he was doing it feels repeatable as well. He was 7 of 9 from the free throw line. He did a really nice job of attacking the rim against his matchup. He had some easy matchups, but some tough matchups in this game. D'Angelo Russell wasn't guarding him the entire time. Sometimes it was Jarrett Culver, sometimes it was Anthony Edwards, sometimes it was Ricky Rubio. All of those guys are pretty good on-ball defenders. And Jamal Murray did exactly what he needed to do to get to the rim, to get to his spots, and he hit the shots that he needed to hit. Uh, He was in his bag, uh, plain and simple, and, and that's just something that you love to see as a Nuggets fan. Number four, all nine players in the primary rotation played 20 minutes in this past game. That's not something that the Nuggets normally do, especially to start this year. They've had a lot of stretches where guys play a very small amount, where they play one stint in the second quarter and they're done, one stint in the fourth quarter and they're done, or something like that. Uh, This time around, let me just read off the minute totals. Murray had 36, Jokic had 32, Morris had 29, 
Jermichael Green had 27, Gary Harris at 25, Millsap at 25, Barton at 21, or 22, excuse me, Compazzo at 21, and Dozier at 20. So having all nine of those guys in that 20-minute threshold is really important for keeping the overall number of minutes down. Murray at 36 is a little bit high, but once you get back Porter into that group, then I think that he'll be able to get down to that 33-34 range, which you'd, you'd like to see Murray there for most of the time. Uh, Jokic at 32 was really good. That was mostly because of foul trouble, but I still like that they were able to play the bench as much as they were. Uh, Jamichael Green is going to be a weapon in that case. I really do think that he will help keep Millsap's minutes down, and by extension, Porter will play the three a little bit more, which means that other guys in the rotation will also keep their minutes down too. Number five. The Nuggets attempted 45 three-pointers. That was the most this season by far. It would be tied for the second most last year. The most came against Milwaukee on the second night of a back-to-back. Excuse me, I've got a... Something playing there. I hate how ESPN does their autoplay when the game finishes. That's probably the most irritating part of their interface when you have a box score plugin. Um... Where was I? Uh, most came against Milwaukee on the second night of a back-to-back. Uh, that was that was last year. Uh, that was when Malik Beasley, Wancho Hernan Gomez, that was kind of their final audition game. Uh, they did a really nice job there. Jokic obviously was, was engaged there. Jeremy Grant's Michael Porter Jr. The Nuggets should probably try to get back to that type of style, especially if they're going to be an offensive team. You want to be able to get up a lot of three-pointers, Make sure that the shots that you're taking are valuable. Denver has taken a reduced number of mid-range shots this year. Taken more threes proportionally. They've taken more free throws proportionally. They've attacked the rim. Uh, Like what I've seen from the offense so far, and I think it's going to get better uh, as Porter continues to play and get engaged, as the bench continues to improve, and hopefully as Harrison Barton continue to make more shots. Number six. The player on the Nuggets who attempted the most threes was Jermichael Green. That might surprise some people. He attempted eight. He was three of eight. Pretty good. Uh, 37.5%. You're never going to ask for more than that from anybody. Um, He attempted six threes in his 15 minutes as the stretch five without Nikola Jokic. I thought that was pretty notable. Uh, He was only two of six in that case, but Denver's offense when he was the stretch five I thought was pretty interesting. Basically entirely surrounding Green, he was the pick-and-pop threat. Denver's going to need to come up with other ways to involve Jermichael Green and or other players just so that Jermichael Green isn't shooting six threes in 15 minutes. I think that's too many. Uh, You'd like to see him continue to shoot all of those because when he's open, he's open. Uh, I hope that Denver continues to find a way to create looks for other players. Uh, That's going to involve uh, penetration from the perimeter. Uh, Morris and Campasso and Dozier and Barton if he's there, Murray if he's there, uh, Porter if he's there. Uh, All of those guys are going to be important in that second unit. But I think Jermichael Green at the five, it's a good option for Denver, especially in the short term. They're trying to win some games right now, and I think that that's the best way that they can do it. Number seven, Jokic and Murray, they are tied for the lead in plus-minus on the team at plus 34. 
Number eight, Michael Porter Jr. is the plus-minus loser right now, not in the lead. Uh, He is now at minus 21 through his four games. Uh, Obviously, he can't improve that while he's sitting, so don't want to belabor it too much. But the order of plus-minus, I'm not going to read the individual ones right now. Of the 11 players to play rotation time, it goes Murray and Jokic at the top, then Harris, Barton, Morris, Dozier, Green, Hartenstein, Compasso, Millsap, and Porter. So, a lot of Compasso's time was, was it, like, one of his games was this past one where he did a really good job. So, uh, take that with a grain of salt. It, it's still, everything is still small sample size, so you don't know exactly what you're going to get. Uh, but Jokic and Murray being at the top is important. They've staggered their minutes a lot, so it's important that they're still at the top. It means that they've been effective, even when they've been with the bench unit. Uh, Harris and Barton are the third and fourth. They've played the most with Murray and Jokic, so that's probably the main reason. Uh, Morris and Dozier right behind them. I don't want to read too much into the data, but I thought it was important to at least talk about it. Um, Porter needs to get back on track when he gets out, when he gets uh, cleared, basically. That's uh, that's probably the most important thing for Denver right now. Number nine, matchup data against D'Angelo Russell. Without Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell is the leader of the offense for Minnesota. The three players that I thought spent the most time against him were Jamal Murray, Gary Harrison, Nikola Jokic. Murray held Russell to 0 of 3. Uh, for zero and with zero assists and zero turnovers, Harris held Russell to 0 of one with three assists and zero turnovers. Jokic held Russell to just five of seven, uh, so Russell was able to score when he was against Jokic. He was two of two from three as well. Uh, Jokic had one in particular where he didn't really step up on the three when Murray got screened. That was that's an important thing. Murray's got to do a better job of avoiding screens because it put Jokic on an island on a consistent basis. Uh, The Nuggets are lucky that D'Angelo Russell is a mid-range artist as opposed to a guy who wants to get to the rim. Uh, If he was on an island against Jokic and wanted to get to the rim, he probably could. Uh, But Russell wants to get to that mid-range. He's uncomfortable getting all the way to the rim. It's a very noticeable noticeable part of his game. And Murray and Jokic did do a good job of when, when they were trying to play defense against him specifically, they cut off driving angles. That's that's the most important thing that you can do against Russell. And if if he hits you if he hits a bunch of step back threes, then it is what it is. Uh if not, then like you just cut off the paint. Wall off the paint. Make things hard for him. And that's what they did. Uh number 10. Denver allowed only nine points in transition defense. Uh, most of their defensive problems have been in half-court sets, uh, half-court issues. It's been about rotating over. It's been about when they put two on ball. Uh, it, it puts a lot of pressure on Paul Millsap, Michael Porter. When he's the low man, it will be Jamichael Green. Sometimes it's P.J. Dozier. It puts a lot of pressure on the backside player. And if, uh, if Jokic and Murray and whoever is the other on-ball defender – if they don't wall off all of the passing angles as much as they can, then it makes it really easy for the defense in the half court. But a great thing is that when you're playing as small as you are, uh, like Denver has been, it's easy to get back in transition, or at least it should be. 
You have a bunch of guards. It's not a bunch of bigs. It's not a bunch of size out there that that's under the rim trying to get rebounds. Uh, most of the time it's guards and they're already back in transition, or at least they should be. So good on Denver for making sure that at least they're maximizing something. That's one of the reasons why I think that their defense is going to bounce back at some point. So let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about what to expect tonight for Tuesday night's game, as well as if the Nuggets are back to normal. We'll be right back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we're back. Second segment, final segment on Nuggets Numbers. Uh, going to be a shorter pod just because I feel like a lot of what I was going to say was covered on the Pickaxe podcast with Gordon Gross, Zach Mikosh. Make sure to check them out. Make sure to leave a rating on this podcast platform. That would be incredibly helpful. Um, and screenshot and send me a review. That would be very cool as well. Um, okay. What to expect on Tuesday night against the Timberwolves again? This is a really... It's 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 going to be more common this year, the the home-and-home. Home. Uh, it's basically a playoff series or a mini-playoff series in that, that you're facing the same opponent again. You have an opportunity to game plan against them multiple times, see what they did the first time, and potentially make adjustments. What I want to see from Denver, they're most likely going to start the same group, which is Murray, Harris, Barton, Millsap, Jokic. What I want to see from Denver is whether their bench rotation can do the same thing that they did against the Timberwolves this past time. Uh, it was Compasso, Morris, Dozier, Green, and one of Murray or Jokic out there at all times. Uh, with Murray out there, it wasn't as successful. I think that Murray, he he isn't as, like, he's not a center. And so that team really, or that group really needs a big. They need somebody else who's 6'9", six, 6'10", six, or taller, and can do some scoring and facilitation. I thought that Green did a good job when he was in there in the second quarter without Jokic. Um, I thought Murray did a good job of carrying the team throughout that game. Um, But I want to see what that bench does again. Compazzo, Morris, Dozer, Green. It's probably going to be the same group. I I would expect Malone to try them out again just to see if they were, if they're successful this time around. Uh, if they are just as successful, then it, it feels better that a team like the Timberwolves, who has time to game plan and change some stuff and try to attack Denver in a different way, if they're ready for that group and Denver still does a good job, that's probably the most important thing. That's probably the most encouraging thing from Denver over these past couple of games is that the bench would then kind of get on track. The second unit would have a little bit more of an identity. Obviously, it's still going to include one of Murray, one of Jokic, 
Maybe it's Porter when when he comes back into the fold. But if all of those guys were to play and Porter were to come back, actually, no, let me let me save that. Ideally, I think that those four players, Compazzo, Morris, Dozier, and Green, I think the best player to play with them consistently is Porter. Uh, Porter gets to play as a stretch four out there. He staggers with the second unit. He he starts, of course. That's what I would want. I'd want him to start at small forward, play the bench power forward, and then close it either small forward or power forward with the with the starters again. Um, I would want to see him out there as the scorer, the the primary option, the floor spacer, somebody who could improve the overall size profile of that group. Uh, Dozier at the three. I think makes a lot of sense. I think you could get away with Compazzo, Morris, and Dozier on a more consistent basis if you have Porter back there, if you have Green back there. Those guys can switch a little bit. Uh, They're not going to be taken advantage of with their size as much. Uh, Having a couple of 6'10 guys, that could be really helpful. So let's just say for a second that Porter was healthy. Let's say he was ready to go. Let's say he's back in the starting unit. I would, if I were going to play all of those players, I would probably cut Gary Harris from the rotation and slide Barton to the two. And here's why. Uh, Denver is in such a need of scoring and playmaking and team defense. I don't think that Gary Harris has been the best defender in the starting lineup. And I think that that has been Jokic, and I think a close second is Murray. Uh, which is kind of nuts to say that of a team that, that has Harris, Barton, and Millsap with the, the improvements that Barton made last year, I, I, I do think that Murray and Jokic have been the two best defenders of that group. It's not necessarily sustainable. Uh, you don't know how long they're going to be able to keep that up as well as keep up the offensive workload. Maybe they can do it for the entire year and then kind of change your, your impression of what those players are. But... I think that the Nuggets have been going away from Gary Harris as a starter for some time. And it doesn't help that Gary Harris is shooting 3 of 24 from 3. and That's 12.5%, and that number really stands out because I think it's the worst in the NBA right now of any of any player that's taken a significant number of threes, as Kelly Oubre had a good night tonight. Um, Gary Harris could come back tomorrow, or uh, Tuesday night, and he could hit a bunch of threes. He could hit his next three, and things look a lot different. You feel a lot better about the situation that you're in. Um, but for now, I do think that if, if Porter were healthy, you'd want to start him. Uh, Barton, I, I do think that there there is some concerns about putting him and leaving him in the starting unit. I think he probably needs some... Uh, he probably needs some bench time. He probably needs some some injury time to to get himself healthy a little bit. But uh, in an ideal world, like given given where the Nuggets are, and if they do plan on playing Morris and Campazzo, uh, both of those guys can stagger with the with the first unit and and play next to Murray. Uh, there there are ways for Denver to get around uh, Harris's absence or or not having him in the rotation. So it's a sad place to to where we are. Uh, but I would expect less minutes from Harris. I would expect less minutes from Barton. 
I think that Dozier and Morris are going to continue to close. And I think that Green did a really nice job and he was very impressive. Uh, I, I liked what I saw from Jamichael Green and, and that's what you want to see from the replacement for Jeremy Grant. Uh, if Jamichael Green continues to look sustainable next to uh, Millsap, then he's going to get a new deal with the with the Nuggets to be their starting power forward next year. Uh, that's going to be really important to see. So I, I hope to see all of those guys play next to Murray and Jokic. Morris has been good. like to see what Campazzo can do and whether he can continue to put on just that, that explosive performance that he, he put on on Sunday night. Uh, but that leads me into the final segment. Are the Nuggets back to normal? Uh, normal for this team, I think it's important to quantify it. There's a high baseline for their performance. They were in the Western Conference Finals last year. Everyone contributed equally. Uh, the defense was connected. They were helping each other. They were rotating, flying around. Uh, it wasn't always perfect, but they always gave 100% effort. Uh, Harris was hitting threes. Barton was driving to the rim. Uh, the team was winning despite any of the circumstances against them. They always had the identity that if the fourth quarter came around, they had the opportunity to come back because Murray and Jokic are great in the clutch and Denver's bench last year did a really good job of helping them bounce back several times. It wasn't always perfect and their overall baseline was pretty bad actually, but they had opportunities where they could save a game for Denver. Porter and Grant specifically. Denver's currently... They're in their net rating department on cleaning the glass. They have a plus 1.2 net rating, which ranks 11th in the NBA. The defense remains bad, but the offense has been incredible, and, and it's gotten to a point that they are definitely not as bad as their 2-4 two and rec, two and four record currently says that they are. Uh, they probably should have won at least one, maybe two of the games that they've played. Uh, given the situation that they had against Phoenix, uh, they lost that game against Sacramento that they were leading most of the way. Um, it was tough, but I mean, those are, those aren't necessarily indicative of their quality as a team. That's what this net rating says from cleaning the glass. So I think it's important to, to quantify that. Will the Nuggets ever reach the, the Western Conference finals point that they had, uh, from, from a, a, technical standpoint, from a quality standpoint. They are figuring some stuff out, especially without Porter right now. Jermichael Green, he's pretty good. Glad to see him contribute over these last two games. Faku Kumpazo, he can contribute as well. That's That's been a, a great point for Denver when they use both of those new additions. Jermichael Green, Faku Kumpazo, uh, it was a question as to how they would fit in. Looks like they're fitting in pretty reasonably well, though the jury is still out on Faku. Uh, Murray and Jokic, they're playing the best basketball of their lives. That's that's an incredibly important piece of this. That, hey, Murray is in line for an all-star appearance if the Nuggets continue to win games. If they if they not continue, if they start winning some games. Uh, Jokic is in line for MVP if they win some games as well. He's at a new level of basketball that he's ever been before. So, the final, the final point that I, I really think is important with these two guys is, is I talked about this last week for the Denver Stiff Show. Everything kind of surrounds Harris, Barton, and Porter right now. 
uh, because until Harris and Barton look like themselves again, I don't think Denver will ever be back to normal. I don't think there is a normal baseline unless those guys are normal. Um, and there's a question about whether those guys are ever going to look like themselves again, look like Gary Harris and Will Barton. Uh, again, 12.5% from three is nothing to sneeze at. It, it rarely gets that bad for Gary Harris. Uh, he just he hasn't made an above-the-break three yet. Almost all of his threes are open or wide open. It's really, really concerning. And anybody saying otherwise is, is kind of kidding themselves right now. Just saying that Gary Harris will be fine. I mean, he hasn't shot the ball well in each of the past two regular seasons. Let's just pull up the number right now because... I don't want to be classified as a hater for this guy because I want Gary Harris to succeed, but I just don't see it well. I don't see it operating well. He shot 33.9% from three in the 18-19 season. That was two years ago. Last year, he shot 33.3% from three. This year, he's down to 12.5%. Obviously, that will go up. Like He's not going to shoot 12.5% for the entire year, but like there is some concern. There's some concern about whether he will ever be a 38 to 40% three-point shooter again. And that's what the Nuggets actually need. They need somebody who, when the ball finds them, it's usually in the flow of the offense. It's usually a, an open or wide-open shot in the corner or above the break. Denver needs that guy to hit shots. If they don't get it, then they're going to find somebody else who can. Again, same thing with Barton. I posited this uh, last night or yesterday in an article. Uh, the biggest thing that I'm looking at with Barton is whether he can finish at the rim or not. Right now, he's bottom five in field goal percentage on drives to the rim at 22%. Uh, until that number goes up, I'm always going to be kind of concerned about the athleticism, about the health. Uh, didn't, didn't drive well against the Timberwolves this past game. It would be nice to see him drive well this game. Uh, the Timberwolves are not a good defense, and the guards that they have are not great at contesting at the rim. Like, Jared Culver is long, so is Anthony Edwards. Uh, Malik Beasley's fine, but like none of those guys are really going to be a major impediment or should be a major impediment for Barton, especially the, the level of player that Barton has been for the past few years. So... I'm looking at that. I'm monitoring that closely. And then finally, Porter. Uh, we'll just wrap up with him again. It, it just kind of seems to always be about him. Like he, he will likely come back and he'll immediately move back into the starting unit. If he doesn't move into the starting unit, I'll be pretty annoyed. Um, Porter should work with the bench and the starters. I do think that there there is definitely time for him to be the first option on a bench unit, but also be the third option in a starting unit or second option if Murray or Jokic are taking a break. Uh, he will find his shots. Denver has to work to find him his shots and work to find them within the flow of the offense. Uh, something that I saw earlier today, he's only attempted three wide open threes. Most of the threes that he's taken are either open or they're contested. And that should be pretty impressive for what Denver's doing. But what it really says to me and, and what it says to a lot of people is that Porter continues to struggle to find flow within the offense. Jokic is always consistently kind of 
upset, not visibly upset, but like irked at times when he takes certain shots. It's very visual. It's very like you can, you can see it clear as day. Um, I'm worried about that mentality. I hope that Denver continues to stress to Porter that he will be able to get his shots within the flow of the offense. But the fact of the matter is, is that right now the, the flow of the offense with Denver starters has found Gary Harris. It's found Will Barton. It's found Paul Millsap. Uh, hasn't found Michael Porter Jr. that often. So I hope they call some plays for him. I hope they try to get him going. Uh, hope it's a good balance between what, what he can do by himself and then what he can do within the flow of the offense because he could do both. Kevin Durant does both. Uh, he does it at a very high level, and it's always very impressive. But Synergy Stats had a tweet on Monday that, that basically said that Michael Porter Jr. was the most efficient player, the most efficient shooter in basketball so far this year. He has that kind of talent. He has the ability to really fill it up, uh, whether he's on the bench, whether he's with the starters. Uh, I continue to think that this could be a Harden in OKC situation where maybe they find that the best option for him is to play him as the first option with the bench. Just don't bench him. Just don't like continue starting him, but rotate him with the bench. Make him be that guy who carries the load offensively, uh, with Faku Campazzo, with Monte Morris, with P.J. Dozier, those guys will all defer to him in that case. He just has to accept it, and they have to ultimately find that. I think they will find themselves in that situation, and that'll be good for Denver. That's going to do it for this episode of Nuggets Numbers. Thank you for tuning in. Really appreciate all of the love and support. Uh, we will continue to have Chicken Nuggets on Wednesday. Hopefully we'll have a Garbage Takes on Thursday. And then a Denver Stiff show on Friday to recap Thursday's game. I believe that is against the Dallas Mavericks on national TV. So should be a fun time. Should be very interesting for this upcoming week. Uh, Go Nuggets, and I'll talk to you guys very soon.